The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Well, we're joined now by the Minister for Public Expenditure, Pascal Donoghue. Minister, thank you very much for joining us. I want to ask you first about the energy credits which are going to be provided as part of this budget. Instead of three credits of €200 each, it's three credits of €150 each. But is it fair when there are some people who have loads of cash in the bank who could easily afford their electricity bills that they get this money when there are other people who are scraping them together who are in arrears get exactly the same amount of money as them? But this is why then we have so many additional measures that are targeted that will add to that who are really not in a position, for those who are really not in a position to cope with the cost of energy going up. It's the reason why we have uh, double payments of the really important social protection payments in January and it's the reason why we've other made other payments available through our social insurance and welfare system before Christmas. So for those for whom the €150 Euro isn't enough, uh, that will be added to by targeted payments payments uh, that will support those who have the least income in dealing with the rising cost of energy. What about the people that are in middle incomes? There's lots of people who don't qualify for those payments, who are in their cars, who are hearing about the increased price of a litre of diesel or petrol, and who face their electricity bills when they come home and aren't able to meet them. That in turn is the reason why we're doing the energy credits in the first place, uh, that we have a huge cohort of people uh, within our society who are doing you know, well enough that they don't qualify for any of the payments that I've just referred to, but nowhere well enough to be insulated from the rising cost of living. So for the very reason why we have the three €150 energy credits is in recognition of your listeners who find themselves in that situation. But there are lots of people who got the credits and who may also have received other supports who are in arrears, who go into this winter trying to clear off arrears they have already built up. What can be done for them? Uh, but this, in turn, is the reason why we have the targeted payments that I've referred to earlier on. And since this energy price crisis hit us there, uh, particularly in the most demanding part of it, which was towards the end of this year and into the first half of this year, we have had measures in place through our energy regulator to support those who are in arrears and to ensure that for anybody who makes any kind of an effort to pay off arrears that they have, they will continue to have access to energy. The health budget always seems to be less than the actual spend, the actual outturn. And yet, despite the fact that this year there's an overspend yet again, it appears that you're cutting the budget for next year. Why so? I'm not cutting the budget for next year. So if you look at the budget, uh, as a result of the decisions that I've made today, it will stand at 22.5 billion euro. And that is an increase of 1.2 billion euro uh, versus where we were in budget 2023. So, Sorry, did you come in on target on budget 23? What is the budget for next year as against the expected outturn for this year? So we'll know that question later in the year. Uh, so uh, what we have at the moment uh, is a publicly, publicly acknowledged uh, overspend in our health service uh, that there towards the end of September was approximately uh, six, 600 million euro. And we are taking efforts uh, and making decisions without compromising patient care to try to reduce that overspend uh, uh, towards the end of this year. And we will know the nature of what that health overspend is 
uh, a little later in the year. Uh, what we will then do is assess where we are with the health budget for next year in ensuring that we can meet the many demands that are there at the moment. But I would respectfully make the case that if you look at it, that over €22 billion, Euro, we've increased the number of people who are working in our health service, our nurses and doctors, by over 22,000 in the last three years. And we've now built around 2,000 more hospital beds. So we've really increased the scale of our health budget, particularly after the pandemic. Tell us about the little increase that you're bringing in on what everyone pays in their PRSI. Uh, the increase that we are bringing in is 0.1%. Uh, in the environment that we're in at the moment, um, at, with the rising cost of living, I don't think I'd ever describe any increase as little uh, because it can always have an effect uh, on anybody who's paying us. But the reason why we're bringing in the increase of the 0.1% on PRSI is to recognise the fact that we have decided uh, not to put up the pension age. Uh, there isn't a consensus there to do it. But at the same time, what we can't let happen is that when we all get a bit older, we find out that we don't have a social insurance fund in place that's able to meet the future pension payments that our country expects to be there for them. So we're going to be going to begin to gradually put up employer and employee PRSI to make sure that the social insurance fund that's there to pay for future pension payments is better funded. Oh, gradually. And by how much? Is this an opening of the floodgates? Well, Mas, I only delivered Budget 2024 a few hours ago. Uh, with I know, Brown. but you must have a plan, a longer-term <laughs> plan. And there is a recommendation uh, from the... Uh, uh, Commission with regard to future pensions regarding increasing uh, our uh, PRSI rates year by year by year. And in principle, I am supportive of doing that, just as I have been supportive of gradually increasing carbon taxes. But to suggest that it's a floodgate, uh, in a, what we're actually trying to do is ensure, again, that in the not-too-distant future, we're able to maintain the value of the pensions that we are paying at the moment. And I'd make the case that asking all of us to pay a little bit more PRSI would be a really good use of our money to avoid that happening. Recently, you had to go into a contingency fund that you'd established last year in relation to the cost of dealing with our humanitarian response to the war in Ukraine. What money have you set aside for next year in relation to providing housing and social welfare assistance to what could be over 100,000 people from Ukraine by that stage? Yes, so uh, what we have done is we've set aside two and a half billion euro uh, and we have put that in a separate part of the budget uh, because that two and a half billion will be nearly exclusively used uh, to meet the humanitarian commitments that we have, uh, mostly to those who are fleeing the war in Ukraine, but also those who are fleeing conflict in many other parts of the world. The majority of that funding will be going to the department that's providing the accommodation uh, for those who are in our country at the moment seeking that support uh, and as you'll know that's now 94,000 people uh, and so that is a big actual increase in our population which is why we need to leave that money aside. Okay and there's projections it could go to 110, 115,000 might it need more money again? Uh, I don't think so but in truth, Mass, anybody who can give you a guarantee about anything with everything that's going on in our world isn't being frank with you. The reason why I don't think so 
is if I look at the scale of expenditure that we have uh, since the summer in meeting those needs, at the moment, I'm pretty confident that that two and a half billion euro figure is the most accurate figure that we could have. Uh, but we are seeing such scenes of conflict and strife uh, all over the world now uh, that we all have to be aware that could tragically have a huge impact on the movement of people across the world, across Europe and across Africa. Uh, and that in turn might mean we have to make other decisions in the future. But at the moment, I believe it's the best and most accurate figure that we can forecast. But how will we do that, given that we're now housing some people in tents it might work when the weather is as warm as it is at present, but that's not going to work for the winter. What are we going to do for our accommodation needs? Uh, in truth, uh, I think it's very likely uh, that for the foreseeable future, we will have to use some forms of temporary accommodation. Uh, no nobody could have foreseen the sheer number of people uh, that have travelled to Europe moved through Europe and have come to Ireland due to the war in Ukraine. Uh, tragically, what's happening with climate change is now only compounding that. And because of the numbers of people who are moving are now so big, um, I think it's very likely we will continue to have forms of temporary accommodation. Uh, that will include tents and it will include other accommodation that in better times none of us would consider to be ideal. Thank you very much, Minister for Public Expenditure, Pascal Donoghue. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.